you're listening to the Televisionary Minisode. In this episode, Cody and I talk about two of our favorite TV shows that just might become your next TV binge. So, can I tell you about the weird experience I had last night? Yes, please do. Okay, so it was like, it was after 9 o'clock. I was sitting in my living room watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer because you are making me. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that I smelled smoke, but I had my balcony door open and my kitchen windows open. And the kitchen is pretty open to the living room. So I was like, maybe someone is burning something in my neighborhood. I don't think you're allowed to do that. But maybe, you know, someone accidentally burned something they were cooking or whatever. Didn't really think much of it. At some point, I walk into the kitchen, I guess to get more water or whatever, turn the light on, and I noticed that there is smoke filling up my kitchen like not a lot (laughs) but there is something burning the smoke is in my apartment and I'm like what is going on here (laughs) so I look all over the kitchen trying to find where this smoke is coming from and I couldn't nothing was on fire in my apartment I opened the oven smoke is coming out of the oven but the oven is not on Uh, nothing uh. is burning it's like phantom smoke coming from somewhere and i'm like what is going on so i pull the oven out from the wall because i'm thinking maybe there's a short in it somehow that's like causing something behind it to smoke so i pulled it out and was going to try to unplug it and i noticed that behind the oven there is this little cut out in the drywall that's like just like an open spot that i can see into like insulation or whatever and there is some smoke coming out of that hole in the wall okay and yes So I'm like, is the building on fire or something? Or is someone, like the kitchen in the apartment beside mine is right on the other side of that wall. Is someone cooking something that is burning and the smoke is coming in through that hole? Yeah. And I was like, what do I do here? Can I do anything? So I looked out my window, like at the balcony, down to see, you know, the apartment next door to see if there was anything happening there. Looked to see if there were fire trucks or anything coming. Mm -hmm. I saw nothing, no signs of activity that anything weird was happening. Did not hear a fire alarm going off in another apartment or anything like that. So I was completely befuddled with what to do. So I decided to just do nothing. And so I pushed the oven back against the wall and I was like, it's not on fire in my apartment. So I'm just going to turn my fans on in the kitchen, try to blow this smoke out of here and hope that everything is fine. And guess what? It was. I don't know where that smoke was coming from, but it stopped. I blew all the smoke out of my apartment and that's the end of the story. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. Well, you're on the top floor, right? Could it be, like, the person underneath you? It could be. How do I know? Do I go downstairs and ask, Hey, did you light something on fire in your apartment? Hey, are you burning to death right now? I don't know my neighbors either. Like, I just moved in, you know, a month and a (laughs) half ago and have not met them yet. That's crazy. It was crazy. I thought I was losing my mind for a minute, but it was definitely smoky. Wow. I should have taken pictures, but I didn't. I also can't believe you didn't do anything. Like, I feel like I would have called 911. (laughs) I didn't want to overreact, though, because if it was just someone burning something on the stove... Yeah, that's true. I assume that fire alarms in the building would have been going off, because I can hear them going off sometimes in other apartments. 
That's so weird. Yeah. What episode of Buffy were you watching while all of this was happening? I don't remember. I think it was in the season three episodes that you. Oh wow, you're told me quite far. I guess I didn't waste <laughs> any time, so it was either a season two or season three episode. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Is this our Halloween episode? I think this is our Halloween episode. Mini sort of. rather. Yeah. That was sort of a spooky start to the episode. Yeah, it was pretty spooky. That's why I thought it was an appropriate story. It is an appropriate story. The show that I'm talking about is not particularly spooky, <laughs> but I couldn't draw a connection <laughs> to Halloween with it. I am doing something very, well, maybe not very Halloween-y. A little Halloween-y and very autumnal. Autumnal? Oh, okay. I'm eager to find out what autumnal show you're doing. (laughs) Well, would you like me to just jump right into it? Yeah, go right ahead. I don't know why I'm giggling so much today, but it's a welcome change, I guess. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is probably the most I've ever written down about a mini-sode, so I do have notes that I may need to look at. Just because I want to do it justice. This is one of my favorite TV shows ever. The TV show that I'm talking about today is Over the Garden Wall. Have you Hmm. heard of it or watched it? I have heard of it. You told me about it before, but I have not gotten around to watching it. Okay, so Over the Garden Wall is an animated television miniseries that aired on Cartoon Network originally in 2014. Each episode is only 11 minutes long, so it's a very quick and easy watch, and it's something that I watch every single fall now. I think Hmm. this is like the third year in a row that I'll be watching it in the fall, so I guess I haven't been doing it for that long, but it is a tradition in my household. It feels like a forgotten American folk story, and Hmm. really encapsulates the feeling of fall for me. Like, just watching it, even though when I watch it in Texas, it's still 98 degrees outside and the leaves really never change color here. I feel that, like, crisp feeling of fall. I feel like things are kind of spooky, kind of feeling lonesome. And I don't know. It just it has a real mood to it. So the basic story is this. It centers on two half-brothers... Wirt, who is a teenager, he's very nerdy, he likes writing poetry and playing the clarinet, and his younger half-brother Greg, who is very carefree and, like, naive and just a little kid who's kind of down for anything and doesn't really let anything get to him. And so these two half-brothers find themselves lost in a wood that's called the Unknown, and they are making their way through this world, trying to find their way back home. And while they're there, they're being stalked by a beast called the Beast, and he is trying to capture them and kill them, essentially. There is a woodsman who occasionally helps the boys, but you're not really sure if the woodsman is all good or all evil because he also has sort of a relationship with the beast. There is a bird. Well, she's a girl who's trapped in a bird's body, Beatrice, who swears that she can help these two get out of here. And a little frog, he doesn't speak and he doesn't really have a name. Greg pretty much just tries to give the frog a name the entire series. 
series. <laughs> and the frog is often getting lost and then it gets kind of the boys into trouble. So each episode is just kind of a little vignette on their journey. They go to like all these different towns. The first episode is probably the most like Halloween-y. They go to like a town where everyone's head is just a pumpkin and there's <laughs> dancing skeletons and stuff. There's all sorts of different things. Another highlight is they stumble across this like guy who got really rich making coffee and he lives in a giant mansion that's so big that he can't even like find the edge of it anymore and so the boys go and they pretend that they're his long lost nephews because they need money they need like one coin to like ride a ferry somewhere so it's all just sort of whimsical and nice and the imagery is very inspired by like turn of the century post-civil war kind of steamboat era stuff so it's really beautiful I know they drew a lot from postcards that were made around that time. And without spoiling anything too much, by the end of the series, like the last three episodes or so, you find out that these boys are boys from our world, the modern world, who were out trick-or-treating and then they were in a graveyard telling spooky stories and the police came and they ran over the garden wall and found themselves in this unknown world. Hmm. So that's basically it. It's just very cute. It is honestly pretty spooky for like an animated series. And it was originally pitched as a regular series, but the creator really loved the idea of just doing something pared down that had an end in sight where they could really focus on making it high quality. And I think that it shows through like it's beautiful, so beautifully animated. It's got a really great cast like Christopher Lloyd does a voice in it. Elijah Wood is one of the main characters. There's someone else kind of famous who does like a voice in it so they got really good actors for it and it was also supposed to be a lot spookier when it was originally pitched there were there were gonna be like skinless characters and a lot more scary imagery but it got pared down a lot over time and I'm kind of glad it did I think it's spooky enough by omission almost mm. we didn't need to have like really really scary stuff animated but I would highly recommend it it's an easy watch you could watch it all in under two hours or just space it out like watch an episode every couple days and it really just gets you in that fall spirit and it's just a nicely crafted series that's pretty much perfect awesome i will definitely watch it it has been on my list for a long time and i just haven't <laughs> gotten around to it but i didn't know as much about it as you have just described like i just knew that you liked it so yeah now that i know a little more what it is i will definitely make a point to watch it sometime this i think fall. it's on Hulu, if anyone listening wants to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I have it on my list. Nice. Let me ask, would you consider Over the Garden Wall to be a children's animated show or more of an adult animated show? Okay, I would say it's definitely a children's animated show that can be appreciated by adults. It is animated created by the creative director for Adventure Time mm. and so it is very much in that same space of like this is clearly a show for kids but I think honestly most of the people that like it are adults mm-hmm yeah. cool Got it. I was just asking because I am talking about a show that is technically a kid's show, but absolutely still holds up for adults, too. Okay. 10-year-old like, me loved this show. 29-year-old me still loves this show. Ooh, I'm excited. Yes. It's That's So Raven. Ah! Uh! Of course. <laughs> 
I love Raven Simone. She is the best performer that has ever been on Disney Channel. That's so Raven is the best Disney Channel show of all time, hands down, no question. And Raven Simone, I'm gonna say it, perhaps the most gifted physical comedian of her generation. That's fair. I would love to see someone tell me who is a better physical comedian than Raven Simone after watching her as Raven Baxter on That's So Raven. Like, (laughs) she just has the gift. As a teenager, she had the gift. And it's not just the physical comedy that she's amazing at. She's good at acting, too. Like, she knows how to deliver a line and make a joke out of stuff that is not even a joke. It's amazing. So anyway, let me tell you a little about the show. If you did not watch That's So Raven, which if you didn't shame on you even if you were an adult (laughs) but anyway raven simone plays raven baxter a typical teen from san francisco she's making her way through the trials and tribulations of high school and oh yeah she gets psychic visions of the future So, like, in every episode, Raven sees a vision of something, and Mm -hmm. it could be something either good or bad, and that prompts her to either sit back and wait for this good thing to happen, or to try to prevent it, if it's a bad thing. And either way, suffice it to say, hijinks ensue. So then it, you know, becomes about her doing some kind of silly, ridiculous thing, whether it's good or bad, Mm -hmm. as a result of her vision. And she's got, you know, her best friends, Chelsea and Eddie, her parents, her little brother, Corey, random people, you know, at her high school. It's just a delightful show. It's still so funny to me. I went back and rewatched all of it earlier this year, and I just think it holds up. It was on from, I think, airing new episodes from 2003 to 2007 maybe and like I watched it all during that time and there were certain things that I still remembered that cracked me up at the time and still cracked me up now and how many other Disney Channel shows especially but like but any shows that you watched as a kid have that sort of staying power (laughs) for you into adulthood that's so rare and I just feel like the show was something special it was only the second Disney show to have a main character and most supporting characters of color and it was also the highest rated disney show ever during its run it was the first disney show yeah first disney show to reach a hundred episodes and the first to produce a spin-off and it produced not just one spin-off but two wait what are the two spin-offs so one of them was called Corey in the house that's her little brother Corey and her dad victor her dad becomes the head chef at the white house so her dad and brother move to dc and the show focuses on Corey though and You have the president and his little daughter and other White House staff people and stuff. It wasn't as good. It it was fine, but (laughs) not anywhere close to that So Raven itself. But then the second spinoff is technically a reboot, maybe you might say, Mm -hmm. because it is currently airing. It's called Raven's Home, and it features Raven and her best friend Chelsea as divorced adults who are living together out of financial necessity and raising their children together. And (laughs) guess what? One of Raven's children is psychic too oh yeah (laughs) and have i watched all of that series you bet i have oh my gosh it's not quite the same as that so raven i wish that raven's home centered more around raven and not around the kids yeah but it's like i mean for some reason disney channel thinks that the people are watching raven's home for the kids and not for (laughs) raven come on don't kid yourself but anyway it's still pretty good i just 
just wish that they would like Raven doesn't do as much physical comedy and stuff in it but she's still so funny in it and Chelsea's really good in it too Annalisa Vanderpool is the actress that plays Chelsea and it's just not again not as good as the original that's so Raven Mm -hmm. but Raven's Home also worth a watch if you ever get in the mood for more Raven in your life which why wouldn't you be it's so crazy because I know I watched it but nothing from the Disney Channel stands out in my mind all that much Hmm. I remember liking it, but like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't have like a strong association with anything that I watched on the Disney Channel. But I would like to just watch a couple episodes because I know and I think it got cut from our I Love Lucy final episode that we released to the public. But I think that you said she was your pick for who could play Lucy in like a reboot of I Love Lucy if it ever existed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't think that there's anyone who can touch what she does in terms of physical comedy. I just, I don't. I don't see anyone else doing the kind of things that she was doing on That's So Raven. That's so cool. Yeah. What made you think to watch it earlier this year? I saw it on Disney Plus and I was like, oh, That's So Raven. I need to watch that. Okay, I was wondering if you just, like, couldn't stop thinking about it or something. Uh, I mean, I've never stopped thinking about it. (laughs) My Christmas present from my friends Aaron and Alyssa, one of my Christmas presents, this wasn't the only thing they gave me, but they gave me their Disney Plus password because I didn't (laughs) have it for myself. Um, That's illegal. So, (laughs) I won't rat them out, so you can edit their names out of the final episode if you need to. Yes. Um... (laughs) But anyway, they gave me their login stuff and I was exploring Disney Plus and That's So Raven was the first thing that I watched. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That is a good Halloween show as well because it's a little psychic. Right. Although there was one Halloween episode. Well, at least one. One that I can remember where Chelsea was wearing a button. Chelsea was a vegetarian and she was wearing a like no meat button or something that had a cow on it. And Raven was making some kind of like witchy potion for something. I don't remember why. But anyway, Chelsea's button fell into the potion and she and Raven drank the potion and it turned them into cows. That was a low point for the show. But (laughs) anyway... To bring it full circle to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I always felt like the Halloween episodes were either a real high or a real low for the season. Uh And there is definitely an episode earlier on where Buffy tries, basically they all become their costumes. And so she becomes like an 1800s rich lady. And so she has this really bad accent the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... If you guys are enjoying what you're listening to, go ahead and share this episode with a friend. Follow us, subscribe to us, do all the things. And we don't say it enough, but thanks for listening. Yes, we appreciate all of our listeners. And we hope if you are listening to this before Halloween, that you have a happy Halloween. And if you're listening to it any other time of year, have a nice normal day. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. This episode was edited by the wonderful Brenna Pollock. Bye.